I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the hive for season five of The Connor and Smith Show. All right, tonight we are talking to Annie Cerrone Gill. All right, yay. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then we will be right back. For generations, people in Fairfax, Virginia have heard tales of the Bunny Man. Now, Bunny Man Brewing offers a tasty array of high-quality microbrews with a rotation of unique flavors. Come by to have a sample and maybe even catch a glimpse of the legendary hopper. But bring a friend, because you don't ever want to drink alone. Check our hours and see what's on tap at BunnyManBrewing.com. Annie, can you hear me? Oh my gosh. Yes, Stephen, I hear you. How are you? <laughs> I'm nervous. Is that silly? It is so silly. silly. It's, just, it's just us chickens. <laughs> well, Annie, welcome. Uh, I am here with my husband and co-host, Matt Connor. Hey, hey, hey. Matt, hey. Hello, dear. Hey, Stephen also maybe has already said this. I have not. But, you know, also, Annie, if for some reason, you, we can leave this in because I want everyone to know the truth. <laughs> if, if for some reason either one of us say anything that we do not want on this podcast, we just contact Stephen and say, cut out. Got it. Cut that so shit out. You, that's a, that's a so, phrase I use often. So you don't need to feel like you are uh, monitoring our story. Okay. Um, it's been kind of fun to talk to some of our friends or teachers that have called, called us back and said, oh my God, I totally should have said that. Cut out. And I'm like, no, it's all good, but we're going to keep it just in case we want to try to pay off the rest of my college fund. Right. This is like, you're collecting like data mounds of dirt on people. Yeah. Isn't there, there's we won't publish lot. that, but we'll keep it. Um. Annie, where are you right now? I'm sitting in my backyard in sunny California. Is, is it San Diego? Um, yes, just north of San Diego, a town called Oceanside, California. So, so we're in San Diego County. So everyone always says, like, San Diego is, like, the place to move because, like, it yes. is beautiful year-round. Yes. And I, am in, I am in the best city um, in the States. I think. And for a while. Yeah. Uh, I moved here with Lance in 20, 2006. Oh my God. So I've been here for about 16 years. My, my son was six, uh, no, a, a month and a half old when we moved here. So I mark our days by his birthday and he just turned 16. So. And I can hear the San Diego birds. Yes, you'll hear the wind chimes. It's gorgeous right now. It's like 60, um, 60 degrees and the sun is not yet setting and I've got a little glass of wine and I'm sit I have a couch in my backyard. That's really and... great because our AC broke around two o'clock today. And it's 97. Yeah. So me and Steven are sitting here in our underwear and moo moos. <laughs> and just get on a plane, boys. 
get on a plane. Get on a plane. I'm about 45 minutes from the airport. It's a five-hour flight. Just come visit me. I was actually just in Houston last week, and it was 100 degrees and, like, 90% humidity, and I wanted to die. What were you in Texas for? We actually, um, I was chaperoning a um, youth gathering um, for our church group for my, my kiddos. So we took six teenagers to this giant youth gathering in Texas of about 18,000 teens. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it was a little, little I mean, it's crazy. That's insane. Like, it's just kind of crazy. <laughs> yes. But it was, it was, it was fun. It was challenging. It, uh, it was, it was a good experience for them. They've never been around um, that many people. So. <laughs> are you, are you still in contact with any friends from college outside of Facebook? Um, lightly, not much. I'm, I am such a, a present person. My life is so busy and crazy that I tend to get so wrapped up in what's right in front of me. Um, but I barely even talk to my family. Like my mom's always like, are you alive? So, you know, Shelly work and I um, will always be sisters. We'll always be in contact, but we even only like, I was, I just texted her. Her birthday was a few days ago. Um, and I just texted her, you know, happy birthday. And I looked and I was like, Oh, the last time we talked was when she texted me happy birthday. Um, <laughs> so yeah, occasionally we've been trying to get like a reunion together forever, but. Who knows if it'll actually that, happen? We're that's just kind started. of life, though, is kind yeah. of not not going to say survival mode, but you know, you just gotta, you, you just ain't nobody going to do it for you. Yeah. Well, you know what we realized years ago, like right around the time that I was getting a divorce, um, it was this thing that like Shelly came out here and it was like, I need you. And she just came and you know, we were like, we were like, we don't have to talk every day. It's as soon as I saw her, it was like no time had ever passed. We were the same Shelly and Annie that we had been all those years ago at Shenandoah. And it was just, you know, it's like, we don't have to get all crazy if we don't talk to each other. It's just like, I love you. Like you will always be family. So don't worry about it. I'm not yeah, going to be mad if you don't call me all the, the best time. friends. Those are always the best friends where you don't feel like you have to check in or, or, or they don't make you feel like you need to check in. Yeah. And I mean, I'm an army brat, so I kind of, you know, grew up all over the place. And so that's just how my life went. I was always kind of leaving friends and making new friends and going to different places. And um, not so that was my next question. What? That was my next yeah. question. You uh, were army brat, so you kind of, before Shenandoah, just had probably lived in like five different places. Yeah, I was actually born in Germany. I think I remember that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we lived in like three states. I want to say it was like California, Kansas, and Virginia. And then we moved back to, the, to Germany. And I did all elementary school on an army base in Germany. Which wow. Was crazy. Yes. Culturally, very, very different from the United States because you only have one channel and no commercials. So like, I didn't even know what MTV was until I moved back to the States in like 86 or something, which is, I guess MTV was pretty new, but still like culturally very, very different. Um, yeah. 
And then my parents actually still live in Maryland where we moved after Germany, but then I kept moving around. So see, that, like, that wasn't Salisbury, was it? No, that was Shelly. That my was parents Shelley. moved to Annapolis. Yeah. Annapolis down Route 50. Yeah. Which actually, Shelly lives right around the corner from my parents now. How crazy is that? Oh my God, that's hysterical. Like she wanted, she's the one who wanted to move to California after college. And I was like, what? You're crazy. Now I'm here in California and she is living down the street from my parents. <laughs> that's hysterical. Yes, so it is. You, I mean, she literally does. So when you were in Annapolis, did, did you have other options of other schools that you wanted to go to besides Shenandoah? Or was it like, I need to be there? Okay, well... So I was, I had, I had struggled with finding my place because um, I moved to Annapolis when I was in like sixth grade, which is like a horrible time of life, right? Middle school was just not my jam. And so um, I found theater as a sophomore in high school. And it was like one of the first things that I thought I was good at. Right. And so my, my boyfriend at the time through, through high school, he wanted to go to Shenandoah. He was in theater with me. Um, and his life circumstances didn't work out that he could attend college at all. And he said, Annie, you're going to love the school. You need to go see Shenandoah. Like, this is the place to go. And my, my sister was two years older than me. So we had done the college tour with her. So I'd already seen a bunch of other places. We'd gone all the way up to, I think, Connecticut and all the way down South to Florida schools. So we'd been all up and down the Eastern seaboard. Um, and then I asked my parents, I said, I really want to go see Shenandoah. And I fell in love with it instantly. Um, and so, yeah, once I, once I had met the campus, <laughs> I knew that that's where I wanted to be. And, and I got accepted. And, and there was no question. If I hadn't gotten accepted, then I would probably, I, in hindsight, I should have done this too. Like I had a scholarship to go to University of Maryland. Um, and I was an in, it would have been an in-state school with a scholarship. And so why I didn't do that I don't know <laughs> I just you, wanted to go away you know it's funny a lot of people we talked to said that um when they get on campus it just all of a sudden feels kind of like a familiar like oh yeah I should go here Although, yeah, and I thought their program was amazing like there wasn't I had never seen anything quite like it although if you've listened to Ryan Dean's um returned to Shenandoah when he drove there to basically live broadcast the campus, he somehow forgot that there was a lake. <laughs> and, and he said, he called us, he was like, you guys, you guys, do you remember a lake? And we're like, uh, yeah. yeah, because there was duck shit everywhere. Ducks, damn ducks, stank. <laughs> and um. he was like, did you remember a lake? And we're like, Ryan, of course you remember the lake. Oh, the horrible ducks. Have you been back to school since college? Um, no. Gosh, I don't think so. I, I want to say our, um, after we graduated, I went back because we were close with the, the, that class. I think it was like Fitz and Talon and um, all those boys. And so I went back once, I think, to see Maggie and Fitz and all of them in a show. Um, and I think that was the last time I, I went. It was in the new theater. Um, and I was believe... it Sweet Charity? No, couldn't have been. 
was Fitz and Sweet Charity? Yeah. I didn't see Sweet Charity. I don't think so. It would. What is that? What you guys did the first semester? No, that was How to Succeed. I don't know. It's all I a blur. I, oh, was it? Was it? Yes, was it? A, take it easy. No, I want it. Did you guys do like um, Wizard of Oz that year? Maybe in the summer. Wizard of Oz was in the summer. So. It must have been that because um, when Maggie was Dorothy. Yeah, because I mean, we would definitely would have done gone to see that. And me and Ryan and Marcus Davis were flying monkeys. Yes, yes, absolutely. That was it because I absolutely <laughs> that was it. <laughs> oh my goodness! Ugh. There's a picture of me and Ryan dressed as crows, from top to bottom, dressed like birds the crows and we you used to always some of the best costumes <laughs> they actually did always like i really Remember? think it's survival skills came from college i may not have ended up being in wicked but i think it gave us some wicked survival skills of how to troubleshoot life and get through it yeah, i think you're right Maybe Ashley's a little bit. Definitely. Maybe just a little bit. It definitely taught me how to survive a hangover. Have you had have you had to take any more schooling since college? Um, yes, but not in the way that I thought. So after college, you know, we did the whole DC dinner theater. I mean, I think I was in a couple of shows with both of you guys there. Wait, wait, we, we were definitely... we were in West Side Story together when you were yeah. anybody. Yes, at West End. In which I always bring up, I loved working there. Yes, I did too. That, that was great. Great people. Um, and we then- work, We didn't work together at Toby's, did we? I did Toby's. I think I did West Side Story there too, but I don't remember, I don't think anybody else was in that one. Right, because uh, everyone, everyone was like pissed and trying to get into the Toby's version. Yeah, I was Anita's understudy in that. I was, um, I played uh, Tony's girlfriend. Was, was Janine? Yes. Maria again? Ooh, was she? I don't think so. I think that was the controversy. I think that was the one she wanted to be, and they, but she wasn't. I think she was the understudy for that one. Oh my God, the drama. I don't know. It was, it was, yes, it was drama, but it was definitely super fun. What I never thought I would be anybody doing that choreography, but yeah. I did it. Couldn't do it today. You could. No, thank we you. just would have to have a brush up. Yeah, I might have to have back surgery afterwards, too. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we can try. I'm willing. Well, the th uh, through line <laughs> of a lot of these episodes has been people who were in that production of Pippin that um, sometimes people have come on our show and said, sorry, I wasn't in that cast of Pippin. Like, well, you are sorry because that was a great show. Um, <laughs> you, uh, you were in that cast of Pippin that was my freshman year where when I first met all of you, um, that Matt's still angry that he didn't play Lewis and Ryan did.
Ryan lives like here. I do. Not Doesn't he um, do the editing for this? No, he's that's not here. A, no, that's all made up. <laughs> we, 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 call, we say that he's our producer because he is amazing support and he usually like sort of fact checks us like we are CNN. But he's Aww. usually here, but he's visiting his parents right now. So he's out of town. Oh, well, you tell him, I'm sorry, I missed him. He'll, he'll um, be pissed. Yeah, we, he, he was in, um, down at Tom's place the summer, um, that we did of Mice and Men. That's and right. Michael King and Lauren. And that was probably one of the fu most fun summers I've, I've had. Like that was, he, that was great. It was great. So he, he always brings up a few events from Middleburg and Matt, were you there when this happened? Were you there when this happened? Because remember, I was there, but I would commute yeah. back to where I was. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was like me, me and Ryan and Mike and I want to say Lauren. Lauren for Janik? Yeah. Who she was, was directly in the house. Because it was two girls and two boys in the house. Yeah. Lauren was directing it. And we had so much fun. And we, yeah, we just had too much fun, probably. You know, I just went to Middleburg uh, 2019 and directed Tom's one-man show. Yes. He, he put that on Facebook recently. He was um, yeah. singing your praises as but a director. But it was so weird to drive back there and see all the memories of, like, I went back to the Hill School where we did the Mice and Men thing and... Um, is there still only one stoplight in the whole town? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It looks exactly. <laughs> Literally, not one building has changed except for, you know, a few facades of buildings. But, like, there's no construction there because the, you know, it's surrounded with people who are like, do not touch my land. Right. But I it was always the... quaint that way. Yeah. I well, down, down there. Um, I forgot what I was going to remember one night oh i was gonna say the night that robert duvall knocked on my dressing room but that was when i was doing the snow queen with lee and um meredith long long and lee who lee. you remember lee Shadle? yeah shadow yes yeah she was a snow queen and i was in my underwear backstage after the show <clears throat> And a knock, knock happened on my door, and I opened it up, thinking it was like one of the cast members, and it was Robert Duvall. <laughs> and he said, uh, congratulations, you made me laugh. And I said, oh, thanks. And I like shut the door, like, oh my god, I'm standing here naked in front of a movie star. Ooh, I'm going to make it big one day. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, leave it to you to open the door to Robert Duvall in your underwear. I can't believe he would do that without saying, <clears throat> it's Robert. Are you decent? Are you decent? Or something. <laughs> but it wouldn't have made for the great story, you know? I mean, hey. I, I, I guess so. So when was the last time you have been back to Annapolis? Ooh. Um, Did, pro I want to say 2016. And you probably just kind of sat put during the pandemic 
Yeah. You know, honestly, the pandemic was really good to me. And I, I feel really crappy saying that because I know it was really shitty for a lot of people. Um, but I, ha I couldn't have had a better situation. So I work at a school. Um, I manage, um, uh, I work for a company that we provide enrichment programming for elementary school kids. So we're open in the morning, 6.30 in the morning, and we're open all day until 6.30 at night. And um, I help manage and direct. We have seven sites on seven school campuses. And so um, it's very busy. It's very time consuming. It's very fun. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, um, we closed school in a day. Like we were at the school that morning and that Friday they were like, okay, we're sending everybody home. We're calling parents. They have to come pick up. And as soon as the last kid left, we were gone, closed up shop. And that was it. And the next day we were applying for unemployment. Um, and they fast tracked all of our unemployment. So there was barely a waiting period. Um, and then they kicked in the extra $600 on top of like what you were already making. And so I was actually getting paid not to go to work and to stay home. Wow. But I was making a little bit more than I would have made had I been working my butt off. So I was all, I was never going to stay on that, but, um, for as long as the pandemic, like the lockdown lasted, like I started a garden, I was laying out, I got a tan. Um, I, I was cooking my face off. I'm a great cook now. Um, I started, um, getting these like um, farm boxes because they'll deliver them to your house. And so I was like, why am I going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to eat fresh and I'm going to eat local. I went on a bunch of, a few cleanses um, and started like going on, um, like I detoxed my house, which wow. sounds like really kooky, like um, hippie California shit. But I'm telling you, like I, I was making my own laundry detergent for a while. Wow. Um, yeah. Like the whole thing, I started getting into essential oils. I started going on a detox and, and eating clean and just like, it was, it was amazing. Like I will never have another time in my life until maybe I'm like 80 where, um, like I literally could, I, my days were mine, but I was getting paid good yeah. to sit home and like not go out. And so <laughs> It was amazing. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I spent time with my kids. I got spent time for myself. Um, and when almost as soon as it was over, like we, we went back right away. I think I had like three weeks where the $600 like expired, um, before I was scooped back up by my company. Um, and we just went right back to work and we were the first people in class with students. So the rest of the school's school district went back virtually and we went back with students and were ho hosting students inside a school classroom helping them all zoom with their teachers wow it was crazy yeah i i was teaching uh like about 35 piano lessons a week on zoom oh that's crazy that was pretty crazy and uh, it still is a little crazy i'm still zooming quite a bit here um and where sure. I teach, we are still wearing masks. Yeah, I'm not sure that Zooming will ever go away, at least not for the, for the foreseeable future with, yeah. with stuff like that. 
I was actually, I had an opportunity. Um, so when we went back to school last school year or the school year of COVID, um, we, um, we, we went during the school day. So normally my, the bulk of my hours happen after school's over and we're, we, we swoop in and teach all of the enrichment programs. But during COVID, because it was all virtual, they had all these weird things set up. So I was working like 7.30 to three. And I actually had an opportunity for that year. I went to the local um, music school and I was teaching, get this, I was teaching voice lessons, piano lessons and guitar lessons. Um, wow. Yeah. Yes. Who knew that the stuff that I learned at Shenandoah would um, come back in that way? I would not have thought it, but um, I've discovered that I actually can, you know, teach beginning piano and beginning guitar um, and get people like started and then send them off to people who actually know what they're doing. I, I tried the guitar. It was, it was like fighting with a cat. Like, I just, <laughs> I, just I mean, I tried, I tried, I tried, and I, I don't know what it is, if it was just the way that your one hand is kind of doing one thing and your other hand is doing another thing, and I was just so used to playing the piano. But I, I did play it for a show when I was John Hinckley in Assassins. Um, but outside of that, I just couldn't, it, I just didn't fall in love with it. Well, see, I learned how to play it when I was living with Shelly and she started to teach me. And then, um, I always just sort of picked it up because as a singer, like you have always played piano really well and could play for yourself or whatever. I needed something that like I could accompany myself on. And so I was motivated to, I was, I've never been like great at it. Like I can't solo, I'm not a lead guitarist, but um, I lead the band. I'm the music director at my church. And oh, that's so fun. I, yeah, like I play guitar. I actually play bass now. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so on any given Sunday, I literally, I look like the little Chinese fire drill. Like I'll be switching spots all the time because I, I can play piano well enough now that um, I can play in the band and I can accompany myself. Um, I definitely would prefer to have a pianist because I'm very limited. I'm very basic, I'm a basic yeah. chick on the piano, but I can get it done. Like it, it can, it can happen. Um, but yeah, so I play, I, I, I learned bass because I couldn't find a basis. So I was like, okay, how hard could it be? Um, yep. I'm going to teach myself off of a YouTube. Yeah. And it turns out that like most of these instruments, like the basics will get you by and that's all that I need to know how to do. And then if you really want to get good, yeah, it can be pretty hard, Annie. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't, I sing and play all these instruments. So the basics is all I can even mentally do. Right. Now, <laughs> because you were, came from a military family and used to moving around or whatever, how mm -hmm. did you or where did you find your artistic self before Shenandoah? Um, did you or did you just kind of, was your family already in, into the arts? Um, not really. I mean, I kind of grew up singing in church. Um, that was the first place that ever was like 
noticed that I had a good voice and they pulled me into the choir and into like those productions at a young age. Um, and then really it was, it was in, I mean, I'd always also been attracted to like the, um, just art itself. Like I remember being in middle school and taking art lessons, like oil painting class at the local community center. Um, and I don't remember why I stopped, but I had these like half finished oil paintings down in my parents' basement. Um, but I really liked it. Um, and then when I was in high school, I, I really wanted to like emulate my sister who was like a jock. And so she was really good at all the jockey things and all the sports ball stuff. And I wanted to be really good at sports ball too. And I tried and everything I tried, I was horrible at <laughs> and um, not very good for the ego. And then my friend, um, Mark, he was in the drama club, but he was also a jock. And he was like, our, our sophomore year, they were auditioning for Damn Yankees. And he was like, you need to come audition. And I was like, no, I'm too shy. And he's like, no, you need to come audition. I'm like, no, no, no. He literally threw me over his shoulder and ran down the <laughs> hall and put me on stage. And I don't remember what I did or what I had. To, I think she made me sing Happy Birthday. Like, she did not care one bit about if I was good or not. She was going to put me in that show. Um, and I fell in love with it. Again, it was like, it's like certain things in my life. I just know. Like, when I went to Shenandoah, I just knew. When I went on stage, I was like, this is my thing that I like. Yeah. And hence that <clears throat> it means that your life has shown you that you are going to stay in San Diego forever. <laughs> Honestly, when I, when we got out here, I was like, oh, this place is amazing. I mean, it's just, it's the climate more than anything else that really, I've never lived in a place where you can just breathe all year long. Like how far, how far are you from Mexico? An hour. Really? So you kind of have like Northern Mexico kind of temperatures and climates. Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, yeah. it can get hot here, but even when it gets hot, there's like very little humidity. So it's not, it's not like out there where it can be 70 degrees, but it's like a hundred percent humidity and you can't, you can't go outside because it's so, it's so humid and, and heavy. The air here is just, and I live within like a mile of the beach. So I have the, the ocean, our ocean is freezing. I very rarely go in the water. Um, because it's so dang cold. You need like a wetsuit and I don't look good in a wetsuit. So mama doesn't get in a wetsuit very often. <laughs> um, but like we have the cool ocean breeze and we have the, the so we don't, it's just the climate is just amazing. I, I remember uh, Danielle Hootmer um, was on the podcast Ooh. saying, you know, after living in Virginia and living in Chicago, when she moved it was like, oh my God, I didn't realize the weather caused me so much stress until I didn't right. have to deal with it. Right. Right. I mean, no scraping cars. No, I don't even have air conditioning in my house, y'all. No boots. All, no. Well, I, we wear them, but we don't have to. <laughs> it's a fashion thing. It's, well, it's, a, it's yes, it's boot, boot season is a fashion thing. So I want to things that kind of brought you joy in yourself during uh, the pandemic. You said you yeah. started making essential oils. Yeah. So one of my 
one of the parents at my school, actually, she's involved in um, doTERRA and she was always bugging me, like, I'm the man of my classes, get into these oils. And so um, I did finally, and I wasn't sleeping. I, I had pretty bad insomnia and I never have, but sometime, oh gosh, around 2000 and 12, 13, I started getting um, insomnia and I couldn't like either I couldn't fall asleep for hours and it'd be like three o'clock in the morning and I'm still tossing and turning absolutely wide awake or I'd get to sleep and then I'd wake up at three o'clock in the morning and couldn't fall back asleep. And um, it can be really debilitating because, you know, when you, you can't recover that sleep, even if you go to bed early the next night, like you've lost it. And so um, she was like, here, I've got something for you. And she gave me like lavender and cedarwood oil. And she was like, diffuse it, put it on the bottoms of your feet, like rub it all over your pillow, like just use the stuff. And I did, and it started to work. Um, so, th so this is what goes under the, that, the title, like aromatherapy? Yeah. 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 And, and um, it's natural. Um, so there's chemicals or there's chemical constituents in essential oils that come from nature that can help remedy certain things um, that you, so you don't have to take um, medicines. I mean, I'll tell you, I have not taken an antibiotic in like 10 years. So like, um, I've heard people like my mother suffers from migraines and occasionally my, um, mm -hmm my aunt who's a nurse, well, I think she says to put peppermint on her temples maybe. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And so my mom does do some peppermint like on her temples to relieve some migraines that she gets. Um, that, that's yeah. probably the end of my knowledge. <laughs> that, 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 it's okay. Right. You know what? Um, natural sort of getting into that world, I didn't seek it out. Um, but when, when I got my divorce, I became like this single mom and, um, who was, um, I was pretty poor. Like I, I lost my health insurance when we got and you know, like this is the company, you know what I mean? He, he worked for a company and we, I was no longer his wife. So sorry, lady. Um, and so I didn't have health insurance to go to the doctor. And so um, when I got sick or when I ha something happened, I, the first thing I did was research, like, is this something that can kill me if I don't go to the doctor? <laughs> can I get rid of this? Or can, is there something I can do over the counter or at home that will help alleviate my symptoms? Right. And um, because, you know, it's not like I'm a, a opposed to going to the doctor, but I'm opposed to spending like, $200 just for you to tell me that there's nothing you can do. Right. You know, if I need, if I needed antibiotics, I would certainly take them. Um, but I've discovered that um, when you try to heal naturally, it just takes a little bit longer. And that's just not something that our society is like really good at like instant results. Yeah. Um, but the more, the less antibiotics I take, the less, the, I don't get sick as much. And when I do, it's not that bad. Um, I haven't really had a need to, to take any of that stuff. 
Right. Um, and so I think my body is probably a little bit more receptive to using oils because I don't have all this other crap in my body. Right. Um, although you wouldn't know it. <laughs> it's not like, um, you know, it's, it's not like I'm the picture of like fitness health, but like, I think internally, um, a lot of the toxins I don't have, I, you know, I, I don't have, I try to use natural skincare and I still wear makeup, but I don't, I, I just try to, I try to be conscious of the chemicals that I'm bringing into my house and I'm putting in my body. Um, my children have not gotten on board. They think I'm the crazy oil lady. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not right selling now. snake oil. I'm selling essential yeah. oil. Exactly. They, they think it's snake oil, but. Um, um, well, you know, someone had told me once, which, you know, of course is a, a no brainer, but someone said to me once, remember everything that you do to your body is either a medicine or a poison. Yeah. It, there, it, there's it's no, true. there's no like in between. So I'll tell you the craziest thing that really brought it home for me um, was I went on this cleanse and we found this nutritionist who, um, again, she's not a kook. She's not like, you know, I'm not drinking. Um, it's not a liquid diet. It, it basically, it was kind of like going on the diet you would go on if you were, if you had food allergies, but didn't know where they were coming from. Right. Right. So you like cut out all the sugar, you cut out all the dairy, you cut out all the gluten. Um, and you're basically living off of, um, vegetables and some fruit, not all fruit, living on vegetables, fruit, and protein. And um, it's difficult because you have to plan for it. You can't just go out to dinner somewhere and eat like that. Although some places in California, you can. Um, but I found that after like day three, I was waking up a half an hour before the alarm, ready to go feeling amazing and felt amazing all day. Like, what you eat affects your body so much. And I never, my sister always knew that. I never, like, she would eat French fries and it's like, oh, I had too much salt. My hands are bloated. I'm like, really? That doesn't, I don't think that happens to me. Um, it does. I just didn't notice it, you know? <laughs> right, right. And so it was, it was just crazy to me the the actual physical difference I felt in my body just from eating a bunch of fruits and vegetables. Yeah, and I, I think so many people would go on to that thinking and lifestyle if they just didn't feel like they were interrupting their life to make it happen kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Because everything feels like it's such an inconvenience to stop the routine that you're on. Mm -hmm. But when you stop that routine, you, you kind of have a different awakening of like, oh, I was doing all of this. Yeah. Like you said, you got to plan your meals ahead. So therefore, when you do get hungry, you're not running right to the thing that you shouldn't be eating. Yeah. yeah. And, and cutting out sugar, it's amazing how much sugar is in all the stuff that we eat. It's everywhere. Yeah. And when you stop eating it entirely, your taste buds change. And the food that you do eat tastes better. Yeah. It's... It's a little, that was, that was surprising too. I was like, I have had a uh, steak for say, for example, like I've, I've had steak my whole life. It's never tasted like this. <laughs> wow. Like I've had carrots my whole life. They've never tasted like that. Like you can really start to 
to enjoy food on dip because you're not craving the sugar um, that's in everything else. Right. It's now, does that mean that you then can't ever have like a piece of chocolate again? Oh, hell no. No. I, it, it I have to go on cleanses like once a quarter because then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that package of Oreos looks really good. Um, my kids are addicted to sugar and I can't. Um, they just are. So, you know, they'll, I've, I've tried several times to get them to do the cleanse with me. Um, but my son is a, is a baseball player and I'm very leery about doing something so drastic with his diet because he's so active, you know? Right. He's a bean. He is Lance. Right. If you can remember what Lance looked like when we were in college, that's what my son looks like. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my daughter looks just like me. And do either of them have the artistic bug to be on the stage and do this? Well, you know, my daughter did. She's got a beautiful voice. Absolutely beautiful. I gave her voice lessons for a while. Um, and she was in a theater group. She's been playing cello through the school since she was in fourth grade. And then um, a, twice she got involved in an acting troupe. Um, and unfortunately, this is like just the power of teachers, right? And good teachers can, um, they can build up your confidence and your desire to continue in a certain area. And bad teachers can just kill your love of, of the craft. And so um, her, her uh, orchestra teacher in elementary school was an elementary school orchestra teacher and he was amazing right she loved him she couldn't wait to do it she was just fantastic and so excited and she signed up for orchestra in middle school and that guy I think he was a genius like I think he played like 27 instruments well right like the the musician in me is like oh I really respect you the teacher in me died a little inside because he was so bad at he had no personal skills. Right. And so he killed it. She was like, oh, I'm not doing orchestra in high school. Um, and so then this acting troupe that she got involved in, the director um, this last time around was kind of mean. And all the kids wanted to quit that the show. They did two shows. They do like the first semester is like a, almost like an acting class and a, and a vocal class. And then they do like a Christmas review and then they do like a cabaret type show. And then in the summer is usually when they do like a musical. And so she was involved in the early part of it. So she was do, going to the acting classes and she had a friend that was doing it and she was great at it. And they, you know, she has a good ear for harmony and she's got a good voice. And it was like, yay, yay, yay. But this guy was so mean that she doesn't want to do it again. She won't even, she won't go into choir and school. Like she won't even sing with me at church in my band. Like she was just like, no. <laughs> and it's so sad because these two people, these two guys like killed her joy. Yeah. Um, for any of it. So, um, and I know there was, there's a few of those in, in college that, <laughs> you know, could have been, I mean, I had, I think I want to say my first semester, my first two semesters, I 
I can't remember my voice teacher's name. I want to say it was Goldstrand, but I might be maligning that woman's um, name if I if I say it's her because I, I truly don't remember. But my voice teacher in, in college told me to quit. And I was devastated. My After my sophomore year, she was like, you really don't need to continue doing this. And I was like, um, that's not okay. And that's no. the year they hired Edri Means or Idri. And she became my voice teacher. And it was like, oh, she actually liked musical theater and actually taught me how to sing music theater. And it was like a whole new door opening up <clears> for me. We had Edri on the show just a few weeks ago. Um, and she's still doing that for folks. I mean, she's still finding the musical theater of it all. Um, well, she also, I'm sure, there are some teachers that know how to bring something out of that student. Yeah. Uh, and I know with me, now with my students, I always say to the parents, I, I Matt Connor, am the student in the room. It is my job <clears throat> to allow the student I'm teaching to show me mm -hmm. how to teach them because everyone is so different. And mm -hmm. I think that there's something in all of us as kids that maybe we become competitive because we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna, we have rival high schools, we have rival sports, we wanna, you know, whatever. And then the bullying and sort of the mean girls club. And I mean, just think about all the scenarios we've yeah. all been in. And yeah. I know for me personally, like, you know, I had teachers <clears throat> that now I don't want to ever be that teacher ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I've been no. with directors that I don't want to ever want to mm -hmm. be that director. Yeah. And I think, you know, Shenandoah was such, everybody came there with such different backgrounds, right? Like I thought that I was really good because I was the good one at my, at my high school. And like, I got into the school and I didn't know that I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And so you took somebody like me and I remember going into the, to, you know how they test you to see what level of music theory you should be in. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I remember sitting in that room and they were like, okay, ding dong. What <laughs> interval is that? And I was like, doorbell. What the hell? Like, <laughs> I didn't know what they it's were It's a doorbell. It, dude, that's a doorbell. That's the Metro sign. Like, like what? I had no clue. Right. And so you're, I mixed in with people like Shelly who came from a music background and she, she knew all the things about all the notes and all the, <laughs> and all the intervals and, you know, it was, and we're all put together and, you know, I had never had a singing lesson before. My ear was not developed. Like my biggest problem in college vocally was that I kept, I was, I kept coming in, I was pitchy and I kept coming in under the tone. I had no idea what that meant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, there was like, you have the talent, you have the stage presence, but man, if you could just fix that. And, you know, now that I have a more developed ear and a more mature, you know, body, um, that's still an issue, but I can, I know it's an issue and I can listen to myself sing and I can correct it when I need to. And, 
you know, I think I'll always struggle with it, but at least it's a struggle I understand now. Or at the time I was just like, why are you picking on me? <laughs> I, I wish that someone had told me that it was okay for me to be, try to be someone else. Because I found in theater for myself, I was always trying to sing like blah, 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 and act like yeah. blah, blah, and dance like blah, blah, because I would see them and want to emulate them mm -hmm. when I, everything that was coming from me, of course, was just me, but I wish I'd been pushed more to just be my unique yeah. self and say, you know, who, don't even think about that because. Well, but I think we also came, we were in a theater world that we were meant to imitate other people who had done those roles before. I think theater has changed. And now you, you're not so typecast, you know, now, right. you know, thanks to Hamilton, like, you don't have to be exactly like that in order to get that role. Like you can be more individual and people will accept you for it. And directors actually want that individuality. Whereas back in our day, it was like, no, you need to sing like this and you need to sound like this and you need to look like this or you're not going to get these roles. Right. Um, hey, uh, Annie, I think we're going to wrap this up because I think the guy that is going to come across the street or from across the street to wet back our attic is going to be coming over here because he's got to take the water out of our AC. <laughs> um, quickly. Because y'all need AC. We, we do need AC. Because it is 97 degrees. But, but quickly, name us <laughs> one or two books or streaming shows that you watched or read during the pandemic that you would recommend to others. Oh, my goodness. Um, I watched the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and I'm still, I'm still doing it. So I've seen, we went through the entire, like, from I think Iron Man started it all the way up to the Spider-Man movies. And then I'm working my way through all of the like little Disney shows that go along with it. Um, and that's just been fascinating, including like the X-Men series, all those. Um, for the racier people, Bridgerton is pretty awesome. Um, and one little... of our alum built some of the costumes, we don't know him. We were recommended by Edry, and so there's an SU connection there where uh, one of the main characters' dresses were built by an SU guy. Oh my goodness. That show was, um, was awesome. Totally loved it. Now, now we're watching Downton Abbey because I never watched it. And so uh, we, we, um, we, we will sometimes go to sleep with. We love it. Steven wants to be we're... in Downton. <laughs> I, I do, who doesn't like Downton is the best. I can't believe I hadn't seen it before now. Um, oh my gosh. Some of the, some of the lines from Maggie Smith. Yes. Uh, my, my favorite being so great. My favorite line that she has is, what is a weekend? <laughs> <laughs> She's great. She would just, just a little things. Like she was sitting there um, yesterday, we were whatever episode we were watching and she was just sitting in the library waiting for whoever she was waiting for. And she's just like, takes her finger and swoops it across the table looking for dust. And I was like, oh, that's so <laughs> such a mother-in-law thing to do. Like, is this clean? 
Um, well, we adore yeah. you so much. And it's been so great to catch up in good old San Diego. No, no, um, San Diego. You take care. I'm so happy for everything that happened in your life and how it seems like everything has sort of revealed itself to you. Yeah, I'm in a happy place. You know, That's fantastic. I love my job. I love my life. I love where I live. Like, that's good. That's awesome to hear. Not perfect, but it's good. <laughs> we'll have a wonderful, beautiful night, and we will um, connect soon. You too. Thank you guys for asking me to be a part of this because uh, I think I love what you're doing. So oh, we love sorry you. it took so long. Thank you, Annie. Uh, thank you for joining us. We love you so much. Aww. All right. Love you too, guys. I hope your air conditioning gets fixed soon. Me too. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much, Annie, for joining us. So great to hear your voice as you sipped wine while birds chirped and it's beautiful temperatures. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> Yay. Yay, California. Yeah, if there is a reunion, can it be in San Diego? And not in Virginia, because it's hot and our air is still not working. All right, well, if you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an ER. Please find us on social media under TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Connor and Smith again with an ER. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Really helps us out a lot. Post it where you post things. Share it where you share things. Really helps us out. We love the feedback and uh, interaction that you guys are doing. Thank you so much for that. Um, Join the Discord discussion, add photos that you don't want on social media to the Discord page. The link is in the description, and also add songs, your favorite songs from the late 90s, in the Spotify Late 90s playlist, also included in the description of this podcast. Another great week, Matt. Um, we're so happy uh, to keep this going. Uh, our current plan is to keep letting it go. Um, we will have a spooky season in October, but I think we're going to go right back. We're going to put season five on a pause for October and then go right, right back, back into it. Right back to SU because there's so many folks we still have to talk to and scheduling everybody and working around everybody's conflicts, as you all know, is nuts. So we want to get everybody in that we can and we're going to keep going at it. So... Have a great week, and we will talk to you. We'll be back next week with more guests. Yeah, talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.